All right, hey, well, we're pleased now to be joined by Alan Bell, CBS Sports Line, and a guy that I like to refer to. I, I've never told you this, but I look at you as like the king of Nashville Twitter. I mean, you got one of the best feeds <laughs> out there. So yeah. it, it's an honor to meet you. I know we've had some back and forth in here, but uh, yeah. thank you so much for coming through. I really do appreciate dude, it. Well, first off, I appreciate that. Second off, man, I appreciate having me in here. And, uh, dude, I would say the same for you, man. Like, you know, it's funny, like we were just talking, um, you know, off air that in the sports media space, right, like everyone is associated with like a brand or a company yeah. or whatever. And the same thing you just said to me, I would say to you in regards to the entire SEC that like you have like your stalwart SEC media type people. But I see you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, oh, that, and that's like, that's the best part about it is that you've built all this on your own. Congrats on that. And then, two, dude, you're funny as hell. You know what I mean? Like, it's good info. But I also know that, like, anytime that we interact, like, it could be super serious topic. We'll probably make jokes in between, or it could be something that means nothing, right, and we're right. gonna make jokes in between. You know what I mean? So yeah, dude, I say the same thing right back at you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, whenever I get someone in here, I love to ask them kind of about their journey. Yeah. Uh, so let's start there, and uh, I I don't want to say lucky because that's not the right word because I know you bust your ass. I know people that you work with. They say you're a tremendous boss, and, and you've worked to get to where you are. Yeah. But being a I mean, you literally get paid at CBS Sportsline to talk gambling. I mean, there has got to be, fuck, I don't know, 10 million people that yeah. want that job, that think they can do it. You actually hold that job, and you get to do it every day. So, I mean, how blessed do you feel to have that job? Okay, so first off, the first word that you said, lucky, 100%. <laughs> right? 100%. Like, I say it, man. Like, I'm telling you, out of college— you know, um, was like doing computer phone sales. The same thing that probably everybody yeah. has done at one point or another, right? So, and-, and uh, I'm doing that when we get off here. Are you? Yeah, no, so, just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. So, all right, so I'll tell you, like, and, and look, one, you, okay, look, you said it blessed. A million percent. Yeah. A million percent. But lucky, for real, like, it, 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 that's absolutely a perfect word, and I'll tell you why. Yes, a ton of hard work, a million nights of no sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. A ton of them. You know the same thing. But I was doing phone sales, man, and happened to work beside a guy that I didn't know that just happened to start talking to. Right. Somehow, one or another, this dude is friends with the mascot for the Tennessee Titans. This is 10 years ago, at least. OK. Yeah. I'm just a young kid right out of college. Well, somehow or another, at the right time, this dude needed somebody to help. So I was like, dude, I'll do it. You know, he was like, you don't even know what the job is like. I don't care. Like, I'll whatever it is, I'll do it. Right. So it started off as legitimately. Just being the guy that would follow the mascot around the field during a game and then like during quarter breaks, you know, when it's like, hey, can a fan toss a, you know, a thing in a wheel for, you know, a, a T-shirt, right? I would do that. And then I would just start picking up stupid things that no one wanted to do. Right. Hey, will you go out and shoot up, you know, T-shirt cannon? Done. You know what I mean? So like it was lucky to to be at the right spot to sit two seats down from that guy right. that I didn't know and him randomly bring it up because he didn't talk about it to anybody. He just randomly brought it up, right? Mm -hmm. So then I do that, okay? So here's where it gets even more lucky. So I'm doing that. Well, you know, the mascot is not really involved the entire NFL game. 
there are uh, many times where he's like, oh, I'm going to go in the back. So it's like a break because you sweat, you know, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tiring, right? So when he would do that, I'd get him back there, you know, go up the visitor's tunnel, office is right there, make sure he's good. Well, I just go back out to the field, watch the game. Well, I would just be on my phone, like video, you know, like literally here's Bill O'Brien and like I'm standing, you know, like five yards, like right on, you know, the deal, right? And I would just film like a play, put it on Twitter, cool, funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, I put one video up, I get um, a reply after it's a noon game. Out of there by four o'clock afterward, right? Yeah. Get a reply on Twitter from a girl who I didn't know. All right. And she said, Hey, she was like, Your videos are like, they're cool. They're funny. Uh, do you have a minute? Yeah. Call her. She was the uh, director of marketing for 24 7 Sports. <laughs> and she goes, We're starting an NFL thing because, you know, they did recruiting and all that. Her name's Lonnie Polk. She's the best. And uh, she goes, yeah, like we're starting an NFL thing, and you know the owner and everybody, they're like, we don't know anybody like NFL, and I just came across your thing, and like I've seen it a couple of times, and it's funny, you know, and but it's good, you know what I mean, right, like, right, in right. an engaging way. I was like, all right, she was like, can you come in tomorrow for an interview? Yeah. So in two weeks, like this, like happens. So long story short, I'll end it there. But like I'm telling you, like when you said lucky, like <laughs> yeah, man, like I'm not above saying like. It's been a very blessed path, and it's been one of those to where it's like right place, right time, and a lot of people helping me out yeah. that didn't have to. So, yeah, great job, and I'm blessed, and I love it, but never, ever will I never will I not say that like it's been a blessed path, and there have been a lot of people that have made these things happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know it's like long-winded, but like no, no, sure. I find it fascinating – and I always want to pay respects to the people that were like, dude, if one of those things in that in that path doesn't happen, none of this happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, that's that's cool yeah. to, of, of you to say, because I I mean, personally, I can't stand it when people, you know, I'm the shit, you know, everything yeah, it's the, it's coming the worst, my way. Yeah, it's the worst <laughs> attitude, like, in like, fucking life to have. You right, know what right. I mean? So it's like, dude, yeah. And look, you would, you would probably say the same thing. Like, people don't see... The night after night after night after early morning at like yep. it's a grind, dude, and it never ever stops. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like totally, weekends, holidays. Oh, those are the busiest times, right? Christmas time, dude, you're working. Yep. Thanksgiving, you're working. Like, like these are like all the family times are the busiest work times. <laughs> but that being said, like you just said, like anybody who doesn't pay respects to the blessed path, whether somebody's religious, not whatever, right, right, like. The people that helped you, you know what I mean? And, like, those things, like, if the people who don't pay respect to that, they're lames. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not all you, man. Like, I don't care what you did. Somebody helped you get there, you know? Right. Yeah. And so are you originally from Nashville? Texas originally, but I've lived in Nashville for a long time. So. Right. So, so I just claim, I like Tennessee for sure. Like I said, you're the king of uh, Nashville <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. In my, I mean, it don't matter if it's a car chase, if there's a damn tornado <laughs> coming. Like, I got to go to your Twitter feed to see what the hell's going on in Nashville, whether it's a party scene. So I, I, I truly appreciate that. Yeah. So I figured you'd be the best person to ask because so many people that listen to this show, they're not from Nashville, but they come here all the time, yeah. whether it be for a Vanderbilt game or an NFL game or or just to hit Broadway. Yep. What's your favorite sports bar in Nashville? Ooh, great question because there's really not a lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, you know, Double Dogs is cool. Um Good food, good like good setup. Corner pub. I used to love the corner pub uh, near Vanderbilt. You know, mm-hmm. um, before that one closed down. Uh, man, that one's tough, dude. Uh, 
You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> Live Oak. Really? Yeah. On to my brand. Live Oak. Okay. I am... Uh, I am friends with the owner there, so it's a little <laughs> bit, but no, it's a good spot there for sure. Yeah, and and what is the? Uh, I'm I'm curious to know this because, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of good food here. Yep. But what, in your opinion, is uh, like maybe the go-to barbecue spot for for Nashville? Ooh, uh, I'm very very um, partial to peg leg porker. Yeah. Um, not only because like Carrie Bringle, the owner, and all those all those guys are phenomenal. Leighton Hilbert, give a shout out to him, but um. The food is great. So I would put Peg Leg 1, Martin's Barbecue. It's phenomenal. Like, let me say, there's no wrong way. Like, <laughs> if it says barbecue here, like, you're going to be fine. But if I had to choose one, Peg Leg Porker for sure. Yeah. And what did you think of uh, when Nashville held the NFL draft? I mean, they, I, I can't imagine anybody thought it was going to be to the level it was. Were you anticipating that? No, not on that level. Like, I'm with you. Like, I mean, we all knew that it would be big. Yeah. Right? Um, but it, I mean, that turnout was insane. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, how long have you been here in Nashville? Just like five years. Okay, perfect. All right. So think of five years ago from this moment, right? Yeah. You remember the whole discussion of like sports on a national level was, yeah, like Nashville, you're getting there, but like you don't have the hotel space. Like, that was like the big conversation. Dude, they have taken care of that in like a year, right? Like, I mean, that there's a four season, like there's everything that has come in a million of them, right? Right. Um, I, I think the, the the NFL draft was the turning point um, for this city, like on a huge level. And look again, you know, you had an NFL team here, you had an NHL. Team. It's not like Nashville wasn't right big, but I really think that that was like that was the turning point for all of it because it was like it showed. On a national or a global scale, however you want to look at it, that like Nashville's here, like it's not messing around, and it's more than just like a tourist destination. Get drunk on the weekend on a bachelorette party spot. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that was like the turning point. You know what I mean? Because it was like, dude, like those overhead cam pictures. You know? Oh yeah. It's like shit, dude. Like my god, like look how many people are here. And the best part was you had so many people that traveled for it, but also like. Me and you could have sat there, like, at a TV, and, like, you're picking out your friend groups. You're like, oh, yeah, they're drunk. I know that I can already tell. Right? So it's like, that was the cool part. It's like, it was a perfect blend yeah. of, like, people here, but also people coming to it. Yeah, I, I really feel like, like, 50 years from now, we'll all look back and, like, yeah, like, that's the one that, like, that kicked it off, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so we're hosting SEC Media Days in July for the first time ever. And, you know, rumor is they're going to try to do some version of that. Yep. It obviously won't be to the scale of that. Yep. But, uh, I mean, what do you think they can do with that event in Nashville on Broadway? I mean, it's it's just a massive opportunity, once again, to showcase the city, don't you think? It is, absolutely. You know, and look, I'll say, it, all right, <laughs> not putting myself in Greg Sankey's shoes because that's a – Genius level guy, right? But I, I like to your point. I think you could build that thing as large as you wanted it to be, but you're gonna have to put in more to it, right? So let's just think like SEC Media Days. Normally, head coach, two players, speak for thirty minutes in and out, right? Yep. If you wanted to make this a really big thing, you would have to have buy-ins from the school. But I think that they would be a part of it because the checks come in. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, but like. Yeah, like, you could set up, like, locations, Broadway, 
uh, Demumbrian, Midtown, West End, Hermitage, wherever you wanted to, right? And you could have these teams that are set up, and maybe you have a couple more players, maybe you have some of the other coaches, right? Like, if you just look at it from a Tennessee perspective, like, yeah, you could have, like, Heupel and Nico and Joe Milton at on a Broadway spot, right? And it's like, okay, well, now you've got, you know, here's the baseball coach, here's Rick Barnes, here's... However, build that you want to do it, and you could do it for Kentucky. You could, I mean, because mm-hmm. all these these schools have big fan bases, right? Yeah. So, long story short, like I think it's going to be great how they do it now. If they ever want to expand that and make it like a premier thing, like the draft, you know, like a big tent pole, massive event, dude, the scale is there. Like you could make it as big as you want. And like you said, we're all set up with the with the accommodations, the Everything. bars, the restaurants. I mean, they could really knock it out of the park here. You know what? Yeah, yeah, and like that's the best part too. Is like you know, think how many fan bases. First off, Nashville geographically is a great spot for everyone. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's a destination spot. You could make it like a vacation type thing. It's family friendly. You know what I mean? Like you could any age group could come. You could have you and five of your bros come, and you're just hammered all weekend. Great, <laughs> and you could have you know a family, dad, mom, you know, ten year old, eight year old, you know, kid. Right beside him and have an absolute great time. Like everyone could mix into it. Yeah, man. Like I think it would be it would be cool. It's cool as it is. Like, but yeah, yeah like if they wanted to expand, they could go as far as they want. Yeah. So uh, how has working with CBS Sports Line now that gambling? You know, uh, I would imagine it. You know, obviously it changed the landscape of of sports and sports gambling. Yeah. When a couple years ago they opened it up, still not legal everywhere for some insane reason i mean people get addicted to sugar you know i mean uh alcohol yeah. i mean sex i mean you could get addicted to anything i don't know why gambling is is in this one little spot you get addicted we... to twitter <laughs> exactly yeah. i mean hell yeah so why i don't know that's a different story but yep. how massive has that been for for sports to have legalized gambling in, in the vast majority of the country it's unbelievable i mean you're looking at I can't even I can't even put a number. You're looking at a hundred billion dollar plus industry right. that's been there. Like that's the thing too. Is like it's not like this is brand new. Introduce it to the market. You're gonna it's gonna take like nil. It's gonna take ten to fifteen years for uh, the legislation to come. You know, and for for the perfect homeostasis for the legislation, for the players to understand, the schools to understand, the businesses like it it takes time for all that. Dude, people have been sports betting since the mafia in the forties. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. th- like this has been going on. Right. So it, there is no mafia if we had legalized gambling. You know what? <laughs> right, dude, a hundred percent. Like, so yeah, like this is it. It this has been happening. Yeah. So it it it's the perfect product. That you have this that's been going on. Sports been going on. Like, you didn't have to educate the audience, so to say, on any of the, this is how you play, right? Now, there are people that are brand new to it that you have to do that. But, I mean, it like there, there's so much money that's in it. And, and I'm not saying it's just for the books. Like, there are a lot of people out here that win a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, it's it's been massive. And it's continuing to grow. And think about this, too. All right. Across the country, the three largest states still don't have it. California, Florida, and Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's a hundred plus billion dollar industry. and They don't even have it yet. Like when one of those states gets it, that is a massive, massive 
influx into yep. it went all three like florida's trying to do it now and there's you know situations with um uh the the native american groups that kind of own that and again it's nothing negative it's just working out the 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 numbers and all that right california and texas don't now texas kind of working on it but we'll see but yeah when one of those states like in full goes dude that's 30 percent of the market yeah, because their states are just so populated, right? So, long story short, it's been massive for the industry. It's been massive for sports. Look at it. Who'd have thought NFL teams like would have banners of betting? <laughs> like five years ago, you like you would have laughed me out of this building if I said that's going to happen. Right. And how big has it been for this state? Do you even have your job? Do you think yeah. if if legalized online gambling in Tennessee? Uh, if that wasn't a thing, do you, do you even think you have your job? Well, I, at least in, in, in its yeah, current. I mean, it's a great question, right? Yeah. Um, it, if it weren't as like national as it is, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, it, let, let me give you a perfect example. Okay. So sports line, what we do, we have our product, our service. All right. It's $9.99 a month. Okay. And I'm not going into a sales pitch. What I'm saying is this. We have 174,000 subscribers. Okay. If it weren't a national thing, we'd have 4,000, right? <laughs> right? So it's like, no, like probably not, right? Right, right. Um, CBS, the best company I've ever worked for in my life. Very um, conservative company. And I don't mean like politically. I mean like they don't take a lot of edges. Right. Jim Nance is the perfect embodiment, <laughs> right. right? Right, right. Let's have a good time. Yep. Let's just not screw this up. Everybody's here <laughs> to, to watch sports. Let's talk sports, right? Right. right. I absolutely love it. They're not really a company that, you know, that takes big jumps because they don't have to. They've been around forever, right? So, But with sports betting, Rumors yeah. of you jumping to OutKick are false. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, the fact that CBS is putting on a digital television channel mm-hmm. dedicated to sports betting. I mean, that tells you right there. Like, because if it weren't that big nationally, there's no way in hell CBS would be doing that. They're like, right. we don't need to. Like, let's just let's just butter our bread, do a good job, go home. Right? But that, I mean, that's how big it is. It's it's completely changed the sport market, and it's growing by the day. And it's what's great also for Tennessee is they allow the online. You don't even have to be a resident. You just yep. got to be in the state. Yep. And there's states like Kentucky, Georgia. Arkansas, to my knowledge, you can't do it there. Yep. So when they they cross the border border and bet, I don't know why in the hell they they make it difficult like that. But so many people visit Nashville. Yeah, like we have sponsors from Georgia. Yeah, for uh, uh, daily fantasy sports. Yeah, they say if you call this betting, we're gonna drop your ass. Like like yep. it's that big of a deal. 100%. Do not say bet. Do not say gamble. Daily fantasy sports. I mean, it's so it's so silly how, yep. how we do it. But uh, that helps Tennessee too, don't you think? Big time. Look, I'll say this. So, um, uh, our show on YouTube podcast called The Early Edge, and I'm not I'm not plugging it. What I'm saying is. It reaches a national audience as well. It's not huge, but like, you know, it's not just like one state. Okay. Right, right. But there are a lot of people like from Georgia. It's a, there's a lot of SEC, like a, yeah. lot, a lot of the crossover, the same people that you probably speak mm-hmm. with on Twitter. It, it, it's a lot of the same, right? So there's a lot of people from uh, a ton from Kentucky and a ton from Georgia that live near the border. Mm-hmm. And when, like during college football season, for example, on Saturdays, I'll host a show at 9 a.m. Central. There are people in the chat that I talk to every Saturday. That's the only one they show up for. 
you know, because we'll do it daily, but they don't really care about baseball. Like, they right. say they're just college football. They'll come in. Our show's 20 minutes or less. They'll get the picks, and they'll tell me. They're like, hey, dude, I'll be at the Chattanooga Fireworks gas station in about 20 <laughs> minutes putting all these bets in and driving right back. Dude, and I'm like clockwork, and I'm like, dude, send me the slip. Like, I'm going to put it on Twitter. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So yep. it's great for Tennessee because you're adding revenue, and it's bad for those states because, dude, that money, that money's being spent. Whether you want it or not, mm-hmm. and Tennessee's, gla- yeah, bring, bring, your, bring your tax revenue. We'll take all of it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Do you think we'll ever have brick and mortar uh, sports yes. gambling in Tennessee? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's going to happen. Now, how it, how it will look, I don't know. But it, you could even do it right now. All right. So the, the, the legalities around it are mobile only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well... And nobody's done this yet, but Barstool's about to be the first. All right, so I believe, from what I understand, they've purchased the building that was, um, what was that seafood place on 2nd Avenue? Uh, Joe's Crab Shack. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Went yep. out of business. Mm-hmm. I believe Barstool bought that. What they're going to do, and I've been saying this for two years on Twitter, all right, is say me and you tomorrow, today, we walk out of here, we go buy... A building. Me and you are going to start a restaurant today. All right. Well, take your phone. All right. What we could do is that we could put mobile iPad phone kiosk at every table. You can bet through that. You're not betting through us. We're not your, you know, we're not your sports book. But if we had, you know, say one of the sports books were a partner mm-hmm. that sponsored it. Yo. Yeah. Now you've got people that are coming in to watch games, coming in to eat with their family, whatever, mm-hmm. and you could quietly sit and watch games and you could you could do all of that. And that sports book that's the only yep, that's yeah. the only app on that thing. So nobody's taken advantage of that yet because they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Barstool, I believe, is gonna be the first to do it, and they'll probably make a ton. Because they're gonna be the only ones. I mean, that would save places like Buffalo Wild Wings and fuck, it's Apple, the, you know 100%. what I mean? Like they, they you know those games that. that you have, you know that you play yep. like trivia or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, exact same thing. Like you could legally do that, but nobody's really done it because one, we spoke about it, the sports. Like there's not a big like it's not a big sports bar town. Weirdly enough, mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a bar town, but there's not a ton <laughs> of like sports like dedicated sports bars, right? Right. Um. But yeah, somebody's gonna do it, and somebody is gonna be paid sponsorship money out the ass to do it. It's a smart move. What do you think about uh, the Titans building a new stadium? Oh, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, and, and look, I'm not an economist. You know, if like the tax, like, don't come to me for that. Like, You're right. There's no way I can break it down. But just overall, I think it's phenomenal because, the, you know, with the NFL now. You build a new stadium, you get a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Like that's college football playoff. You probably get all that, right? All of it. And it's like I, I want them, and again, don't know the answer, but think ahead to the next stadium that that like that you would build. If like whoever is in charge of this process, you're looking at current stadium, new stadium, thirty years from then, right? Like I don't know what the answer is, but it's like think ahead for scalability. Because this thing is changing by the day because every new stadium that comes, 
is super cool, right? Like yeah. the Raiders' new stadium is awesome. Um, SoFi in Los Angeles, it's not even a stadium. It's like a it's a tent that like goes over it. Like it's the shit. You know what I mean? So it's like whoever's doing it, I, I love it. Think ahead. You know what I mean? Because like you said, the the possibilities if you do it correctly mm-hmm. are endless. And and especially like I guess they're gonna do like you know that area like the stadium and then the recyclable whatever right however you have to do it just get all of that land just assume it you got it right on the end like you could crush this and And the great thing about Nashville you get every music act all of it you get all those events all of it like all of it and then what me and you need to do (laughs) is all right. So the General Jackson, right? You know, like the, mm-hmm. the boat that you know yep, yep. goes around like on the river. We need to park that thing. Me and you, we need to we need to buy this thing, park it on the river between that new stadium and Broadway. <laughs> now you have a riverboat casino sports book. Like, dude, the day that they do that is going to be just printing money. Like yeah. it'll pay for all the taxes. You could just tell businesses in Nashville, you know, like all like the property taxes and the arguments. You know, like, don't even worry about it. I got it. <laughs> so I know you're a big college football guy too. Yeah. So that, that was, I knew it would be great to have you in here. Yeah. But uh, how unbelievable is it that we go from at Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt, it's it's unwatchable on offense <laughs> yeah. to Josh Heupel where literally you go up to use to go to the bathroom you go miss two touchdowns yeah I mean it's can you it's like mind-blowing to me the the 180 they've done so quickly yeah it's mind-blowing the university like think about this man like dude 10 years ago this university as a whole was in shit yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. and now like now look at last night like there are Vols fans that are severely upset of of losing in the sweet 16 and i get it like we're not talking about the the opponent or anything like that but like dude it seems like every team has been ranked number one at some point in the past calendar year yeah it's incredible man and it goes to show you know hiring from the outside getting the ad and danny white getting josh heupel you know getting the baseball coach vitello like rick barnes years like they, they they're they're all working for the same goal. And it felt like, you know, when you had all these like internal strifes and Fulmer and yep. it's nothing negative on him, but like they just needed to step outside and they got someone who's aggressive, made a plan and they're following it. And there's, there's as much money coming into that university as any university on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Tennessee fans will show up. If you put a bowl game on the moon, Tennessee fans will sell that thing out. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, like it's just they're crushing it. It's it's amazing, like we just said, from where they've come to where they're now. And do you think Tennessee's built to stay, but making it make it a fun program, an offense players want to play in? They just, of oh, course, yeah. added number one quarterback Nico. Uh, I mean, I mean, so you think they're here to stay to be SEC contenders? Yeah, absolutely. It, because what Josh Heupel does is it fits the exact mold for where really the society of football is right like i mean things are changing with transfer portals nil all of that and whether you love it whether you hate it regardless josh heupel has a a cell that really nobody else has he's saying look man like say you're a wide receiver at southern cal you're a sophomore junior maybe even a senior every and you're you're entering the transfer portal right like you're just i'm getting out of sc right 
Well, any school in the country can come pitch you. Josh Heupel could come and say, you're a wide receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, 60 catches last year. Yeah. Tell you what, I could double your numbers. <laughs> in six games. <laughs> like, do you want to go to the league? Like, do you want numbers? Yeah. Yes, coach. Here. Like, look. Right. right? Like, not many people could do that because the pace that he runs and the success. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I guarantee that Josh Heupel, like, every year – the wide receiver group might look completely different. It might look like Kentucky basketball, mm-hmm. you know, in 2012 when it was just 12 freshmen. Right. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be freshmen. They're probably going to be actually juniors and seniors. They're transferring, which, yeah. Yep, because Heupel's like, dude, you want to go to the league? I'll give you numbers no one else can give you. No one. And it's 100% accurate. So, yeah, like I, I think it could definitely work. And the funny part, my dad's a huge Tennessee fan, right? Mm-hmm. And I was watching game. I was Me and him usually watch games on Saturdays, right, at his house. And <laughs> he made a funny comment that I didn't even think about. It was uh, it was uh, last year. He, he looked up. I can't remember what game it was. He looked up and he goes, he goes, don't get me wrong. I love Hypo, love this offense, love everything about it. Cool. He goes, it's so fast. You actually spend the entire game watching the other team. And I didn't think about that. And it's right. He's like, you get three minutes of Tennessee offense, and it's 57 minutes of the other team. He's like, you actually watch them. And I was like, yeah, like you do. Like, that, that's that's accurate. Yeah. So uh, I never thought about that. But yeah, like you become experts on Missouri. You're like, oh, dude, I know that offense. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Nick Saban? How much longer does he got at Alabama? I mean, they just signed the number one class. He's complaining about the schedule. He's <laughs> complaining about this. He's complaining yeah. about that. Uh, I mean, they lost two games, and, and it's like, my God, it's an epic disaster. He seems like an unhappy person. <laughs> he does. <I> know. <laughs> no, man, like, I, I think that Nick Saban's one of those, t- like, lifers, man. Like, this is what he's meant to do. And, right. and I joke about, like, him being unhappy. Like, that's... That's usually what successful people look like. He's a competitor. That's why. 100%. Like, because it never stops. And, th- and that's what you want. It, it, it might not always be the most pleasant to be around, but those are generally the people that that, su- that not only succeed, but continue to. And I, look, I give Nick Saban credit. You know, we look at him and we think, oh, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, he's set his ways. Like, you're going to do the Nick Saban stuff. Dude, it, in all actuality, he's one of the most adaptable coaches that we've seen. Like, he loses his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator almost every year. Yeah. Replaces them with completely different people. Brings in, you know, this car wash of, like, misfit refugee (laughs) camp coaches, right? Right. And, dude, he adapts. And it's not like it's Nick Saban offense, Nick Saban defense. Well, it might be a little bit Nick Saban defense, but, like, the offense is usually, like, he lets the OC go. Mm-hmm. Like Lane Kiffin is different from Bill O'Brien, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it works. So, like, I, I give the guy credit, like, for his, you know, staunchy as he can seem. It's actually pretty adaptable, and I, 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 I think that he probably wants to stop. I'm sure that his wife is like, <laughs> "Come on, man," you know what I mean? Like, we have grandkids. Like, dude, what else do we need to do? Right. Um, but it's in his blood, and. I, I don't know how happy he would be without it. Yeah. And I get that. Like, it, it's almost a curse probably to him. Yeah. Because he, that's what he was meant to do. And not that he can't find other things to do. Probably excels at a lot of different stuff. But it's in his blood, man. I mean, he could run 
college. If they ever have a commissioner, he's he's oh. the obvious. He could be the tomorrow. He could retire right now. Yeah. He could become the commissioner, right? And he become the governor of Alabama. <laughs> like he could probably run for president. To be completely honest, with right, you, right, right. Like th- that's the that's the wild part of there. Like legitimately, so many things that he could do, and he would probably excel at all of them. Yeah. But I, I think coaching football's in his blood, man. And I, the, it's just it's, it, look at Tom Brady. Like it, you just have to. You got to drag these people away, and when you do. It's like it's like you know quitting smoking or so, like that's probably going to be a miserable ass three years for Nick Saban. I yeah. bet he won't, wh- whenever he retires. I bet he won't watch it because it'll probably hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, the only problem though, because we everybody always looks at him and and and, and says like, you know like when will yeah he not want to do it or, yeah. or when will he run out of gas so to speak? But I don't think that's the real issue for Alabama and Nick Saban. Yeah. What I think the real issue is. He has been so damn good. Yes. He has literally gotten every program in the SEC to fire their coach at least twice. <laughs> yes. And yeah. what that has done is is you get a Jimbo at Texas A&M. You get a Kirby at, at Georgia, Heupel at Tennessee, Brian Kelly at LSU. They have, they've had to uh, – Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. They've had to go on out and get these killers yep. because otherwise – Nick Saban is just going to torment them to the end of time. Yeah. And I think they, he's gotten everyone fired so many times. I think a lot of these other schools have the, the perfect hire to challenge him now. And that's not to say that Alabama can't win it all or won't, but it's just it's significantly more difficult now than it's ever been for Nick Saban. W- what's your thoughts on that? I, Dude, I, I, uh, I a million percent agree. You know what? Uh, let me I, – I, I like it, what you just said because I think it's 100% accurate. I like it to – Henry Ford, like when he not only invented basically like like modern cars for pe- regular people to afford, mm-hmm. he also basically invented the assembly line. Yeah, with that, right? And it's like he is crushing both of these beyond any level in you know that era, you know, early twentieth century, that it literally raised the game for. Everything else, whether you were in auto manufacturing or not, like if you just had, you know, a plant, mm-hmm. like you, the game changed and now you have to step it up. And that's kind of what Nick said, like exactly what you just said that like, and for a conference that didn't need that, like <laughs> the SEC was doing fine already, but look at it now. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right, man. Like the SEC is, it's literally, it's literally changing college sports look at these conferences they're the big 12 is folding <laughs> you know what i mean like it's crazy and i'm not saying that's all nick saban but like right right yeah like he raised the level and said come get it yeah and i'm gonna kick your ass while we're doing it right but somebody challenge me you know what i mean and, and, and you're right like there's like there's all these different flavors of how to go about doing it at all these different uh these schools and, and i think it's good yeah. Look at Kirby. You know, he he's pretty much like Nick Saban yep. in a sense, but like Heupel's different. Brian Kelly's certainly different. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the end of the day, these these schools are get, are going to get better at challenging him. So yeah, I agree. That's a great point. Well, you went to Kirby. I'm glad you went there. Do you think they can sustain it and do you believe they are a better program 
than Alabama at this point in time, or is it, or is it a little premature to go that quite that far for you? Well, I mean, you know, over time, it's hard to it's hard to compare to Alabama. Yeah, whether you want to go all the way back to the beginning of it or the last twenty years, but you don't have to do it. The answer to your question, though, can it sustain hundred percent? Um. You know, challenging Nick Saban, absolutely. Like, Kirby's doing it now, right? Um, They're incredible. And to come off what Georgia did the previous year, lose everyone. Mm -hmm. Because, look, that's actually the most difficult part. I think Nick Saban, in between friends, not publicly, in between friends would say it and say, look, yeah, winning that first title, like, awesome. It's great. Dude, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Now you want to get on my level like that, like that's where it's hard Yeah, because now you're everyone's Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's hard to deal with, man. And George is like, all right. And they did it, you know. So, yeah, like uh, all respect to the world of Kirby Smart, all respect the world of Georgia. Like they're recruiting. Not only is it high level, but it's also the same thing that, that, that Nick Saban would do, too, is that it's not all five stars you got to watch out for. Like. I built this team so well, and I'm on their ass so much mm-hmm. that all these players, their games elevate. Yeah, there were times where we joke. Alabama's practice through the week was more difficult than the game they're going to play. Yep, you know, like their ones versus twos all week. You're like, well, if if they succeeded in this, <laughs> they're not going to have any problem on Saturday. Like they're way better. The guys are going against right, right. So like Georgia's right there. I mean, they just, like, look at them. They're already churning it out. And it's it's each year just studs that you're like, I didn't know who this guy was. But, yeah, you know, three games in, he's a first-round pick, you know. And I I think what uh, Kirby and Georgia don't get enough credit for is – They'll play anybody. It don't matter if you're a walk-on like Stetson, yeah. if you're Lad McConkey, who's a three-star receiver. They may have a dozen five-star receivers over here, but who's getting it done in practice? Who gets who gets it done on the field? That's the guy we're going to play, yep. and that creates that competitive culture to where you can't come down there. And they don't give a shit what you were ranked no. coming out of high school. They're going to play the, the the player that that does what they tell them to do, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of teams can't get away with that. No, they can't. And you nailed it right there. That's the exact. That's the exact thing. Belichick was doing that right now. It helps when you have Brady, but you know, it, like, that's what it is. Like that's what is the finalization of all of that put together, and you start winning. Is that yeah? We don't give a shit what your recruiting profile said. Can you play? Yeah. Can our? Can you be counted on? Are you here? Do you do? You know? Are you? You know? On time? Are you early? Are you putting in the work? All of that. Like. You could be a first-round pick. I don't give a shit. I've got four guys right. that that would love to take your spot. <laughs> like they would chew you up like a wolf to get your spot, right? And that, like, that's you. You constantly breed competition within, but you do it in a professional way. You're not throwing chum out there and saying, "Hey, you know, go kill each other." Right. But it, it's absolutely known from day one that as you're, you know metaphorically, you know, speaking to the entire locker room, you're saying the fact that you're in, the fact you're in this locker room, well done. Not an easy locker room to get into. Right. Right. And number two, throw everything out the window now. It is all pure competition. The best player will play. Go get it. Yeah. 
And yeah. Let me ask you about uh, yeah. Brian Kelly at LSU, yeah. where they've won a national championship under the last three coaches. Yeah. And now they've got Which a- is wild. <laughs> like, they've had some cartoon coaches. And I'm not making fun of them, but, like, less and, like, they're just funny. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Now they've got a professional that literally has come down here who said, my only goal, yeah. the reason I'm here, I had it great at Notre Dame, but I was not going to win a national championship. I, I think his goal is to win multiple championships at LSU. Yep. How scary does that make LSU? Look at him this year. They already won the West. Right. Right. Like Nobody it, saw that coming. Dude, it took no time. Look, I'll, I'll say this. Brian Kelly, I've never met him, never been around him. Um, doesn't seem like the most pleasant you right, know, like, right. and again, I'm not saying it's a negative. Like, you know, it's just he, Brian Kelly is who he is. Yeah. Um, Brian Kelly is the winningest coach at every school he's ever been to. Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame's not an easy school to be the, like, I mean, it, it, you have to know what you're doing. Right. So I, I say all that to say that, like, his system works. However you want to get down, his system works. And now you put him at a place at LSU where there's talent everywhere. Mm-hmm. everywhere like you could own your state go get three people nationally that you want and you're fine mm-hmm. you don't really have to go anywhere you got texas whatever right um yeah man like he can go as absolutely far as he wants to because yeah i mean lsu has lsu has every ingredient there and if less miles and ed or like they're proof that you don't have to be one standard way Mm-hmm. You know, and I said that the like, cartoon characters, like I said it as like, they're just funny, right? Right, right. But they were great coaches, but they were completely different. Les Miles was an insane person, like <laughs> in a fun way. You're right, like, right. dude, are they going for it on fourth and 30? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got it. You know, um, the holders throwing it over. His dude, head, like just you know? madness. Right. But like, yeah, like it goes to show that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a one set style. LSU has the ingredients for the gumbo. Dude, you just got to put it together your way. So. Yeah, and what what's your thoughts on Lane Kiffin there at Ole Miss? I mean, he's the ultimate wild card. I feel like they always exceed expectations. Yeah, he does. He he is such a great offensive mind, but he's he's a damn wild card. He's calling out the fans for not showing up. I mean, you just can't get away with that at most places. But it's it, it's it's, o- it's Oxford, and he's running the show down there. And it's Lane. Yeah, like credit to him. Like he does his own thing, and it works. Um. You know the weird thing about Lane, like I, I, I think he's great for Ole Miss, right? And now that you know he signed his you know new contract and all that, like I, I think he's settling it down. Like after this last Auburn thing, like it's not is Lane leaving every six months, right? right? Think I don't know how old Lane Kiffin is, but think about look at his resume. It's like backwards. It is he has the resume. Of a 70-year-old football coach. <laughs> He's coached everywhere. Everywhere. The mm. NFL. All these big schools. Like, it's madness. It's madness the experience that this guy has. And, like, people look at him. And we'll always have Lane as that, like, young Lane. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll always, like, look at him that way. Even if he's gray and looks like Pete Carroll, right? <laughs> like, he'll always be the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I say that in a good way because he was the young guy going against, you know, the old heads. But his experience level's not young guy. Like, this dude has been everywhere, man. And not only that, I mean, he grew up in it, you know, from his dad. So it's like, whatever anybody wants to say, like, Lane Kiffin's seen a lot of situations. Probably knows how to handle them better than most people because his experience level is 
through the roof and you can't buy that. Right. Like you you just have to go through it, you know? So yeah, like Lane, you what you get out of Lane is a fun coach, smart coach, offense, but also pretty damn experienced guy for his age. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah. What what's your thoughts on old Hugh back in the in the conference <laughs> at Auburn? I yeah. mean, he's he's beaten Saban twice. I Dude. think that's why he's the damn head coach down there. Yeah. The expectation, maybe not year one, but the expectation is for him to beat Alabama, at least be respectable when you play them, particularly at home, yep. spring a couple upsets. But, I, God, this is why I love the SEC, Alan. We we don't give a shit about anything other than wins and losses, yep. and they know he's going to win down there. That's why he's the head coach. Yeah, and another guy who's won everywhere that he's been. Um, you know, and it's Hugh is weird because we you say his name, and, you know, the off-the-field whatever, like, comes to mind. Yeah. But it, it, it's a situation that, it, it you know, it's not like he was, like, robbing a bank or <clears throat> committing a felt. Like, it, it is what it is. It really has nothing to do with us. So it's like he gets this, like, weird transgression thing against him. But the guy can <laughs> coach his ass off. And it's been proven yep. over and over and over. I mean... The I, dude was winning I never Liberty. Heard, like I was about to say, I never heard of Liberty until he was the head coach yeah, there, and, like, and he was winning big, winning big, and playing teams. Like it wasn't like they were playing Smyrna High School. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. They were playing guys, dude. So yeah, I mean, long story short, like Hugh Freeze. I could see some people like him. Some people probably don't like him. Um, the guy can recruit his ass off. Mm-hmm. The guy is a locker room guy. I've never heard. Say whatever you want about Hugh Freeze, and I don't even know the guy. So, like, you know, I had no personal way one way or the other. Um, I've never heard a player say negative things about him, like once. Every former player that I've heard speak about him, they're like, "Oh yeah, like you'll like it. Yeah, yeah, you'll like playing for him." You know what I mean? Like, right? He gets the support, and you know, for a lot of times, like, dude, that that's kind of what I look for. Like, yeah. how to, you know, it'd be like if, if you were interviewing someone and you never met him before, and you know, somebody could come in and have done a trillion interviews. It give the best interview of all time. But it's like, let me talk to some people that have worked with him. Yeah. You know, and if you talk to five people and four of them are like, dude, that guy sucks. You're like, I'm not hiring him. <laughs> but if the four people are like, that's the best dude that I know. Like, yeah, I know he's been through some stuff, but trust me, hire him. You're like, okay. You know, like, right. and that's how it feels like with Hugh. Yeah. Um, Do you think Jimbo is going to make it at A&M? <laughs> I don't know. Um, man, it, they got to figure out that offense. Yeah. Like. What are you doing? It's the quarterback position. That's yeah. where they got caught up. And that's, and that's what he's supposed to be good at. Yeah. And it's, well, let me say it's tough. Um, they, I say the same thing about the NFL. Like here in Nashville, a ton of like Titans fans, they, they want to get rid of Ryan Tannehill. And it, it, it's a different circumstance because you're paying player, like their salary cap things to do with whatever. But there are 15 people on planet Earth that can play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. That's it. It's the hardest job on the planet. There's 15 people. College is kind of the same way. It's a bigger pool, but it the percentages kind of line up. Like, you either have a quarterback or you don't. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I don't care what you do. Good luck. So Jimbo's got to figure that part out. And I see already that he's moving his offense to a much faster pace, which is good because it was just ungodly <laughs> slow. But there's like there's only so much you could do. Right. Kind of like Mike Vrabel. Like, you know, when Tannehill gets hurt, he's like, 
okay, we are going to run the football. Like, you know, like we are not like, I hope everyone wants to win 12 to nine. Cause like that's where Jimbo found himself. Right. So yeah, like he, he could certainly do it. That guy can recruit his ass off. Yeah. Uh, and players seem to like him too. You know what I mean? So yeah, they just got to figure out the quarterback part. They figure that part out. Everything else be easy for him. Well, so speaking of a player's coach, Shane Beamer, yeah. I think is the, one of the biggest player coaches out there. Yeah. He certainly embraced social media and all the aspects with that. Yeah. And, and opposing fans think it's hokey and, and it's so stupid. But players and fans love that. They eat that shit up. Uh, how high do you think he can take South Carolina? I mean, Steve Spurrier got him to rank number one at one point, right? Like, if you're in the SEC, you can go as far as you want. Yeah. Any school at any moment. And yep. I'm with you on Shane Beamer, dude. Like, yeah, there are a lot of people say, you know, they'll say things are hokey. Dude, if I had to go into my locker room and the players love when I stand on my head without <laughs> shoes on and they go out and win games, <laughs> damn it, I'm standing on my head. Like, I'm doing whatever I have to do. Like, yeah. and, and you know what? I, I think the, the thing with Beamer, probably why it's viewed one way in South Carolina and in that locker room and viewed different elsewhere um, is because it's genuine. And I think anyone that's around him daily, like you could tell someone who is genuine and someone who is just bullshitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like somebody who's playing the hits, faking it, like you might get away with that for a little bit, but e- eventually you could tell you're like, this, this guy really doesn't care. He just knows what to say. Yeah. Right? I, Beamer, it, like it, it's real. Like it's absolutely real. And it's something to where you, Whatever industry you're in, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can f- probably feel it in that locker room and around that facility, around the school. Like, I bet he's that way with everyone. People in the administration, professors, mm-hmm. fans. Like, I bet there are a bunch of fans who are like, yeah, dude, that guy signed a hat for me, like, walking out of MAPCO after he got <laughs> gas. Like, I didn't even really want to bug him, but, like, he was cool. Like, yeah, yeah. That, like, that shit works, man. Like, being genuine works. Right. And he's he's proof of that. So last SEC team I wanted to ask you about, yeah. Kentucky under Mark Stoops. Yeah. Do you think they've hit a ceiling or but you know, cause it's wild. They win seven, eight games now. That's a yeah. disappointment. When when he got there, they would have they would have celebrated that. Yeah. They they've set higher hopes. They've got three assistants that make over a million dollars. Yep. That's the state of Kentucky. New facilities, great fan base. They got their sights on on higher things. Do you think Mark Stoops can take them there? Yeah, he can. You know who's the perfect comparison to Mark Stoops? Who's that? Rick Barnes. Yeah. Look at Rick Barnes in Tennessee basketball. Steady Eddie. Absolutely. Has absolutely raised the level of Tennessee basketball. Like, from a consistent... And I'm not... Bruce Pearl did, too. Like, we're not saying Rick Barnes is the only one, right? But Rick Barnes absolutely raised the standard and has... Stayed at that standard. Say what you will about the NCAA tournament, but it's hard to win. Only one team wins, mm-hmm. right? And you look at the last five NCAA tournaments, they're all one seeds. It's actually a really chalk playoff, even though it's fun at the beginning with the upsets. Right, right. I, I feel that, that Barnes and Stoops are probably very similar, right, to where he's raised the level. And now he's raised it so well without bringing attention to himself that it's just expected because he's that good, right? And now, it, now what we what we talked about with Saban, like like theoretically looking at uh, at uh, Kirby Smart and saying, "Man, that was cool. You won one. Win another one. 
win three. Right. And look how watch how hard that is. Yeah. Now, like, it's it's easier to go from terrible to decent to okay, you're all right mm-hmm. to good to great, dude. That's the hardest part because I mean, you know, those like going from eight wins to eleven. Like, and we're talking consistently. Dude, that's hard because now you're battling the big boys. Mm-hmm. Like, because now your margins are you're going to beat most of the teams on your schedule. Now you have to consistently beat Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way you're going to get those numbers <laughs> is that now you have to go through them and you have to consistently do it. Mm-hmm. And look, Kirby's smart. He has to do that, too. Now, he does it, but don't think for a second that Kirby Smart doesn't spend his year. <clears throat> excuse me. His year is built on those four games. Right. He Kirby Smart's not paid all that money to beat Furman. Mm-hmm. It's those four teams. That's what his job is, right? Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing to do in sports. He could do it. He's a hell of a coach, but it's not easy, man. Like, it's, and speaking of that, it's yeah. not getting any easier because we got Texas and Oklahoma coming yeah. into the league. Yeah. What does that do in your opinion to the SEC? I mean, we yeah. were already the best. Now it's now it's like legitimately the only super conference. Yeah, and I mean now it's just warfare. <laughs> right? And like that's just football. Think about basketball. I'll give you a perfect example. Last year in college baseball, there are eight teams that go to the College World Series. Five of them were SEC teams. If you think the SEC dominates in football, look at college baseball. The top ten, eight of them are SEC teams right now. Right. And Tennessee's 12, right? <laughs> and Tennessee was one of the last teams that didn't make it. Like, And they were the number one team in the country last year. Right. Okay, so three of those eight, Texas was one of them. Oklahoma played the national championship against Ole Miss. So seven of the eight and Stanford, <laughs> right? So it's like, dude. It is it is just World War Three. Like you don't even need to play outside teams anymore. Yeah. There's no point. Like I don't even know if you have to play twelve games. Like just play six. It's gonna be like I don't know. You know, it's crazy. Like it's it's nuts, but it's gonna be a ton of money, man. Yeah. Like Greg Sankey and them those checks are NFL checks that are coming to these these schools. Oh yeah. And Unbelievable! Like, look at everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. All that is because, collectively, what you said, the SEC is killing. Yeah. Well, Alan, I can't thank you enough for coming through. This, this was a hell of a time here. Yeah. Before you go, can you tell the audience <clears throat> where's the best place to find all your work? Yeah. Uh, you know, Twitter probably the easiest spot at Alan Bell two four seven. But you can Must find me. follow. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna say the same to you, bro. Um, Sportsline.com, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, uh, CBSSports.com slash live any of them just go to cbsports.com and like <laughs> dude you'll just see the links like you know what i mean for sure for yeah. sure 